Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello and welcome. This is Denise Michaels, and I am your book coach, and I want to welcome you to this next audio in a series to kind of help you uh, hit the ground running and jumpstart your book a little bit, at least with the foundational part. And I hope these uh, audios have been helpful to you so far, and I'm very excited to share this information with you today. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about your book overview. Your book overview, okay? Um, your overview is where you're kind of going to pull together what you've done with your strategic attraction book plan and your competitive analysis. And also, um, maybe think of it in a little bit differently, okay? Um, One of the things that I have noticed about people who write books is they are either thinking about their process, if they have a process, um, you know, if you have like certain steps or things that you recommend your clients do to help, you know, resolve whatever their problem is, um, the reason that they came to you, that is a system. Um, Systems are sexy. And you're going to want to include that system in your book if you have them. Um, That is a process. Um, And then there are other people who are in love with their um, story, all right? Uh, I was just chatting, uh, just a brief chat with a woman on LinkedIn yesterday who happened to mention that her book is about her story and her mom's, okay? Very nice. However, um, it doesn't necessarily, well, it might help the reader. It might make them feel a little bit inspired, but it really doesn't give them things to do, okay? Um, Readers in this day and age like prescriptive books. What does that mean when I say prescriptive? Prescriptive means when you look at the words on a prescription bottle, like let's say you had a cold and you went and got you know, a um, antibiotic or something from your doctor, or if you're into, you know, homeopathy and natural supplements like me, you know, there's also a prescription that'll take, you know, say, take two of these per day for X number of body weight or whatever. Um, That's sort of prescriptive writing. In the same way, if you can use some, not all, But, I mean, that would be pretty dry and dull. But if you can use some prescriptive writing in your book, um, readers really, really like that. They like having action steps. They like having systems, okay? And then what you do is, you know, you have, we're going to call the systems content, okay? 
It's going to tell them how to do it and why to do it and all this stuff. And then you reinforce that with stories. You reinforce that with stories. So it goes content, content, story, content, content, story, okay? And the stories validate your points, all right? The stories validate your points. So it's like you're saying do it this way and you'll lose 10 pounds in a month or do it this way and you'll increase your business 10% over the next couple of months or whatever it is, okay? And then you say, um, you know, I use this method and this is what happened for me. Or you refer to a, a consulting client or coaching client or even a friend who took your advice and did it a certain way, and that validates your points, okay? Um, and and what that does is, number one, it tells people, oh, this person has, you know, this author has coaching clients. Oh, this author has consulting clients, okay? It, it kind of helps them sort of see that you're in business, right? And that sort of edifies you and makes you look good. Now, the other way you can use stories, and you don't want to do this too often, but once in a while, is you can also use negative stories where somebody didn't do what you told them to do and they fell miserably into the abyss, okay? You know, like I told my client to do steps one, two, and three, um, but they were stubborn and felt they should do something else. And as a result, they ended up filing bankruptcy in the next six months. Or as a result, they ended up gaining weight, not losing weight. Or as a result, you know, they weren't able to save their marriage and they ended up filing for divorce or, you know, whatever it is, okay? Um, Also, when you do stories, you want to make the people that are in your stories kind of attractive people. And I don't mean that they have to be telegenic or beautiful supermodels or something like that, but attractive in terms of people that others would want to get to know. Um, Because what that does is it says that you like your clients, okay? You like the person you work with, the people that you work with. You want great results for them, okay? You know, and that's a real positive. That's positioning, um, yourself as an expert and somebody who has clients or has, um, you know, customers, patients, whatever it is, and who likes those people, okay, who wants the very best for them, right? You know, one of the things you might have written on your strategic attraction book plan is they believe I have their best interest at heart, you know? Well, your book can kind of show that, all right? Now, I've kind of veered off of the uh, book overview, but I'm going to come back to it in just a minute. Um, I just had a meeting at Starbucks yesterday with a gentleman who wants to do a very spiritual kind of book. And the problem with him is he, he's been studying and living with this stuff for decades, um, but has very, very few um, instances of working with some kind of coaching clients or conducting a workshop or doing anything like this, you know. I mean, he lives a great life. He's been very prosperous and successful. 
He's now retired. Um, he really, really wants to help people. So if you are like him and you don't really have clients or people um, to work with, what I suggest you consider doing, and I'm sharing it now because we're early in the game, what I suggest you consider doing is create a little beta testing group, all right, um, where you gather up maybe eight or ten people, okay, and you're going to do, um, say, six or eight weeks, and they're going to dial in on, you know, free conference call or talk talk to, which is I what I use for these audios, um, and then you're going to kind of lead sort of a discussion about the topic that your book is going to be about, you know. And so that way you'll get the opinions and the insights and the experience of other people, which will make your book a lot richer, you know. And when you use things like free conference call or talk show or whatever, even Zoom, you know, with video, you can recall, you can, uh, excuse me, record those calls and then you are, um, you know, you can go back to it and listen. Because if you are sort of leading a discussion, you know, and you're giving sort of like a lecture maybe the first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes or something, and then you open it up for conversation, first off, what you'll notice is that the first couple times people are really quiet, okay? It takes a lot to kind of draw them out. But then after a little while, they'll start talking more and more, and you will get excellent stuff um, on those recordings that you can use. Obviously, you change the person's name and everything. Um, But also, um, it'll make your book a lot richer than just having your experiences, okay? And then the other thing is, is if you want, you can say, in one of my group coaching programs, Bob said, you know, and then all of a sudden people go, oh, he does group coaching programs. I don't know why I can't talk this morning. Oh, he does group coaching programs. How awesome is that? That might be something that I'm interested in, right? So, or you could say, in one of my workshops, you know, they don't have to know that it was an online workshop over eight weeks, you know, but if that's your preference to do workshops, say in one of my workshops. You could call it an online workshop, okay? So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you about the importance of stories in your book. And, you know, you're going to use your story. You're not writing a memoir. You're writing a book in the personal growth or how-to sections of the bookstore or of Amazon. All right? And stories are going to validate your point. So, so important. Okay, I'm going to shift topics back to the primary reason why we're here together, and that is to talk about your book overview, your book overview, okay? And your book overview um, is going to um, include four questions, four questions, okay? And when you type your book overview, it's going to be about two to three pages in length. All right, you're going to single space type, double space between paragraphs. All right, and so that means if it's, if it's 
two pages long and it's four questions, that means you're going to write approximately half a page on each question. You could write a little bit more because remember I said, said it's going to be two to three pages in length, single space. So up until this point, you may have only talked about your book, you know, when I either asked you what your book about or someone else asked, you know, tell me about the book you're, you're writing. Um, you may have only spoken a couple sentences about it before. Um, part of the purpose of this exercise is to kind of pull more out of you. All right, to pull more out of you. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the formatting of your overview, and then I'm going to talk about the questions, all right, and how you want to answer them, okay? So at the top of the first page, you're going to have the word, My Book Overview, all right? And if you have a title, put the title in there. If you don't, don't worry about it. It's still early. Most people don't firm up their title until they're more than halfway through their book. And you're just still working on the foundation. So my book overview. And make it in kind of like a larger font, like a, a 16 or 20 point or something like that, bold face. Okay, you can center it on the page or not or on the left, you know, whatever you like. Okay? And then you're going to double space down. Everything is going to be in 12-point type. Everything you do for me, for yourself actually, is going to be in 12-point type. And for book manuscripts, okay, we use either Times New Roman or Ariel. Times New Roman or Ariel. Now, when I go straight books for clients, I have just gotten in the habit of using Ariel. But you can use either one. Now, if you want to use something that's like really, really close to those, you know, like uh, Gambria or something like that, fine. But just don't use like some weird type font, okay? You want something that's very, very standard looking, all right? By the way, Times New Roman, those little curly cues that stick out on the edges of the letters, those are called serifs, all right? Times New Roman looks like newsprint on a newspaper or a magazine, okay? The little things that poke out are called serifs. On a type font like Arial, which is more modern looking, all right, they don't have those little things that poke out, and it's called sans serif. It's called sans serif. Sans, S-A-N-F, is the French word for without, without. So it basically means without serif, or those little things poking out. Okay? So in the future, if you hear me or anyone else refer to a serif type or a sans serif type, now you know what that's about. Okay? All right. So your overview is going to be single-spaced, and you're going to double-space between paragraphs, and you're going to leave maybe an extra space between the four questions. Okay? All right, you're going to use standard margins. Everything you do is going to be standard margins. Okay? I once had a client who was so incredibly busy with her business that she copied and pasted 
stuff she found um, about other books for her competitive analysis, you know, um, you're past the competitive analysis. But at any rate, this is an exercise in writing. And, oh, by the way, you know, you go, oh, gee, this isn't book chapters. This is wasting my time. Why should I write this? All right. Here's the thing is it's, a, it's kind of a brain exercise. It's an exercise in intellectual thinking. And one of the things that you'll discover is pieces, parts, or all of your overview can end up being excellent, excellent marketing copy for you later, whether it goes on the back cover of the book or your website or, you know, um, Amazon or wherever you, you know, are marketing the book and you need something in writing, you know, if you, go, if you have a great overview, go back to it, okay? Use it, all right? So right now in the short term, the purpose of your overview is to think and stretch and kind of pull things out of you, right? But in the long term, it can be great marketing copy. Okay, so the first paragraph or two, and these are short paragraphs, all right, like four to six lines. I want you to write about why there's a huge growing sort of need for your book. Why there's a huge, this isn't one of the four questions, it's just kind of an introduction to the overview. Okay, why there's a huge growing need, all right? So I pulled up the overview for my book, um, you know, Testosterone-Free Marketing, and I'm going to read you this paragraph, all right? This is sort of like the introduction. It says, it's no secret women are at the leading edge of the home-based and small business boom. Women are starting home-based and small businesses at double the rate of men. Women own 10.6 million small businesses with millions more yearning to breathe free. And women-owned businesses employ more people than the Fortune 500 combined. Okay? Um, And then, you know, you can see it's just getting the reader to look at this and go, wow, there's a lot of potential readers for this book. Okay? There's a lot of people that, you know, may be interested in this book. All right. And by the way, all those numbers are now wrong all these years later. You know, I, 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 somebody told me last week that uh, women are now starting businesses at four times the rate of men. I was like, wow, that's something. And they don't make as much money, generally speaking, but, you know, we're doing it. Okay. So the first question on your overview And this is where you need to kind of think beyond the process, think beyond your story, and think about benefits, okay? If you're a business person, you know you need to share the benefits of what you do, all right? So the first question is, what need does my book fill? All right, so you're going to leave a little bit extra space. I suggest that you bold face the four questions. You don't necessarily have to make them a larger type font if you don't want. 
you can make them a little bit larger. You know, most of the document is 12 point, maybe this would be 14. Okay, but make it so it stands out a little bit. What need does my book fill? Okay, now, if you go back to your strategic attraction book plan and you look at question three, all right, that was the, the first audio after the orientation. And you look at question number three, which is about, you know, what does the reader expect me to deliver? You'll see right there the benefits of your book. You wrote it down. Okay? Only now, I don't want you to write like a list of bullets. Okay? Now I want you to write it in paragraphs. You know, we're, we're now stringing thoughts together. Okay? And so write about the need that it fills. All right? That is question number one on your overview. Okay? Now, the second question of your overview is, why is my book, why or how, how is my book groundbreaking? Okay, groundbreaking means that it's new or fresh or presents some different information from what's, you know, what's out, what's been out there already. How is it groundbreaking? It could be there are new differences in technology that your book is going to address, all right? Um, It could be that it comes from the point of view of a person who's never written this kind of book before, or at least not recently, okay? However, if you go to your competitive analysis, all right, and you look at the paragraphs that you wrote, you have a number of sentences there for each of your five, six, or seven books that are all about how your book is going to be different or better from the ones that you looked at either at the bookstore or on Amazon. So you've got some built-in stuff there, right? Now, I don't want you to mention other books on your overview. Don't mention other books. All right? So how your book how this is groundbreaking or different okay um, is going to be written in terms of how it's going to be different or better. All right? So let me read to you from the overview that I did um, for my book when I did it. All right? Um, and of course, my book Testosterone Free Marketing. It, it was it was not so much about marketing like do this, do that. It was more about sort of the um, emotional challenges that most women experience when they start marketing and selling, and they've never done it before. All right. Now, women who choose to go into marketing and selling very often have that assertive kind of out there personality, but a lot of people start businesses and they don't. You know, they might have come from nursing, they might have come from teaching, they might have come from, you know, all kinds of backgrounds where they never had to do it before 
And now when they go to do it, it's like they're, they're a little freaked out. Okay. So why is testosterone free marketing a groundbreaking book? And this is not a shameless plug because the book isn't in print right now. Many women experience uneasiness, avoidance, and fear about taking the steps necessary to market their business. The purpose of testosterone-free marketing is to help readers understand their feelings about marketing are normal and what to do about it to become successful marketers utilizing their own natural style and proven marketing techniques and tips. All right, that's one paragraph. Let's take it. One, two, three sentences there. All right, next paragraph. Daily, I meet women who say, I love my business, but I hate marketing it. In their quest for help, they read books filled with the traditional good old boys, commando, scorched earth marketing. Even when presented in a shiny wrapper of new technology, it's still the same old boys advice that doesn't work for women. Right? So there's there's more differentiating here from other books, but we're not mentioning the other books. Okay? You know? And it can be in terms of what you've experienced, what you've seen that makes you feel, you know what? There's a need for this book, right? So the question is, question number two, why is or how is my book groundbreaking? Okay. And on this one, I wrote about three-quarters of a page on that question. Okay? All right. The last paragraph of that section of my overview said, after interviews with over 500 women, believe me, I don't expect you to do that, okay? That just happened as a matter of being a coach with a mega-successful seminar guy. I was a marketing trainer and coach. And over the period of these years, before I started or before I finished writing my book, I realized that I had coached over 500 women. Okay, but after interviews with over 500 women, I discovered many got the message they grew up. Uh, I'm sorry, I discovered many got the message as they grew up that it was not okay to speak out. It was not ladylike or polite. This politeness is in direct opposition with the well-intentioned marketing gurus who say, you have to toot your own horn. You have to let the world know how great you are. What's a woman to do? Okay, so that was the last paragraph. I think you'd get bored if I read the whole thing, but it's just to kind of give you a little bit of an idea. Okay? All right, the third question on your overview is what, benefits will my book offer readers? What benefits will my book offer readers? Now, I realize that I mentioned benefits in question one. Okay? But that was in terms of um, needs, you know, like immediate needs, like um, um, my target market has a problem with um, knowing how to start their business. My target market has challenges with meditating without feeling like an idiot. That's that's me, by the way. 
you know, it's like I feel like a failure at meditation. But anyway, you know, that's in terms of expressing it in terms of the problem with question number one. And now we're expressing it in terms of the benefit. And when you talk about the benefits, we want to come up with what is the ultimate benefit for readers. What is the ultimate benefit for readers? Now, when I say ultimate benefit, okay, there's a little formula for that, all right? Because you can go, ultimate benefit, what does that mean, right? So ultimate benefit means if somebody read your book, all right, now most people are not going to do this, but if somebody read your book, they did everything you told them to do. All right, that's the part that most people won't do. They'll do a few steps here and there, but at any rate, but if somebody read your book and they did everything you told them to do and they got a great result, what would they have? Okay, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the ultimate benefit. All right, and that's what you want to write about in overview Question number three, okay? Now, what I don't want you to do is fall into the pit of saying, my book provides tools, techniques, or strategies, okay? Because now you're back in love with your process again. Remember I told you, you know, your reader really doesn't care that much about your process. Your reader doesn't even care that much about your story. They care about how is this going to help make my life better or make my business better. All right? So kind of stay away with tools, tips, and techniques. I can talk. Tools, tips, and techniques. Okay? Um, And talk about what will those tools, tips, and techniques do for them. All right? Now, I know that a lot of people as they're, you know, getting ready to write their book, as you are, you know, they're, they're very hesitant to make promises, you know, and they say, well, I don't want to make any promises, right? Well, you're not going to sell any books if you don't, well, you're not, you will sell some books. You're not going to sell very many books if you don't make promises. Now, on your book, you know you're going to have to you're going to need to say things like if you apply this and get a great result here's what's going to happen okay so there's a couple caveats in there if you apply this a lot of people won't apply it all right if you get a great benefit not everybody's going to get a great benefit so you're you're going to put a couple disclaimers in there but for the purpose of going back to our overview we're talking about the ultimate benefit Okay, let's see what I have. Okay. Um, What benefits does testosterone-free marketing offer readers? Testosterone-free marketing will teach women small business owners how to get past old fears and learn to market and sell with confidence. It's about discovering and observing the causal link between the past and present and turning negatives into a positive. By affirming the opposite of fear, You can recognize it and get past it. These simple exercises, oops, I said exercises, but I didn't say it until like the fourth sentence down. 
Okay, these simple exercises create immediate results. Since feeling overwhelmed is a common reaction to marketing and selling for many women, testosterone-free marketing also includes surefire ways to get out of overwhelm in both the reader's personal and professional life. Okay? Um, And then I included a story of a um, person that I had worked with, a coaching client, and what happened for her. All right? Like, you know, two paragraphs. Okay? Okay. And it goes on a little bit. But... At any rate, that's, you know, your ultimate benefit is if somebody did everything, got a great result, here's what they would have, okay? And as I said before, each of these questions, you want at least a half a page to three quarters of a page. Single space, double space between paragraphs, okay? All right, question number four. Question number four, all right, of your book overview is why am I the ideal person to write this book? Why am I the ideal person to write this book? Now, up until this point, you might have said something like, because I lived it. Or because I've been doing this with my clients for the past 20 years, or whatever it is, now it's time to stretch and grow beyond that. All right? Now it's time to say more about your background and why. Okay? All right. So like in one paragraph of this sort of bio thing, I said, I'll read two paragraphs. For over 20 years, Denise Michaels has been a successful marketer and has studied the powerful impact of our communications on others. Quote, being female is a significant factor influencing how you feel about marketing your business, she says. Many women hate marketing and sales. They hate getting out there. Getting excited about marketing and knowing you can truly do it and still be yourself, will make your business grow. Uh, Michael's experience has taught her what works. She began writing media releases in high school. However, most of Michael's marketing experience has been helping small and home-based business owners get started and grow their businesses successfully. Blah, blah, blah. Okay? All right. And then I say things like she is a busy speaker, seminar leader, coach, and mentor, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so you get the idea, all right, but it's like, why you? Why are you the right person to do this? Okay, so I hope that gives you a picture of what the uh, book overview is all about. Um, I am looking forward to seeing yours. Um, be sure to get me your homework like the day before um, our meeting together. And the reason I ask you to do that is I want to be able to see it, put it in my file, save it, look at it, and then look at it once more 
um, before, right before we meet. Okay. So with that, I want to thank you once again for listening to this audio. Um, if, you know, just do your very, very best, okay? I always tell people, and I'll, and I'll say this when you get to the point where you're writing your manuscript as well, okay? When you first start to write, just get your thoughts out, all right? Don't worry about grammar or sentence structure or periods or spelling or any of that because it'll stop you cold and it'll make you depressed, okay? Just get the thoughts out of your brain, all right? Then you go back and you revise it, all right? Now, you know, the first, first step is you do a spell check. That's the first thing to do, all right? However, spell check doesn't pick up a lot of things. There's a lot of things. I mean, I recently was editing one of my coaching clients' um, chapters, and they really weren't that bad, you know, but because he's originally from Asia and he wanted this to be for an American market, okay, um, I spent probably eight to ten hours editing each chapter of the book. And spell check was maybe 20 minutes of that, okay? So, you know, and I'm not saying it's going to take that long, you know, for, for everyone. But I'm just saying that spell check is like where you start, okay? And then you go back through it. Because a lot of times spell check will see a word and it's a correctly spelled word, but it's the wrong word. Okay, like maybe you type the word world when you meant would. Like, you you know, you said W-O-R-L-D when what you meant was W-O-U-L-D, you know. Or there's three forms of the word there. Or, you know, there's just all kinds, kinds of things. Um, remember that when you put something in quotes, you always start a new, you know, like you're quoting someone like dialogue, you always start a new paragraph when you change it to a second person, right? You may not use this for your overview, but just for general knowledge, you know, if you're quoting yourself in your overview, that's fine. It can be in your paragraph. But if you then quote uh, um, an author of a similar book and put like maybe a one-sentence quote, very, you'll find I want you, if you're going to use quotes, use them very, very sparingly from other people, okay? You know, you don't, and the reason for that is you don't want to send your readers down somebody else's pipeline by giving them, like, big quotes of their stuff. You know, it's not going to help increase your business. One or two sentences, great. Knock yourself out, okay? So let me go back just a little bit. When you are quoting people, you know, you might say, I said, comma, space, quotation mark, let's go to the football game, period, quotation mark, okay? Ernie, that's my husband, Ernie replied, comma, space, quotation mark, that sounds great, period, quotation mark. Okay, so 
You know, you always start a new paragraph when now it's a different reader. So if you are going to have dialogue in different places within your book between two people, it's going to be very short paragraphs. Some of them might be only one line of type. All right. So yeah, always switch. Always go to a new paragraph when you're switching somebody that's speaking, somebody who's in quotes. All right. And then the other thing is is the punctuation at the end of a quote. If it's a period, a comma, a question mark, an exclamation point, always goes inside the quotes. Always goes inside the quotes. Okay. All right. You may or may not need that for your book overview, but there it is. I will find a way to include it on another audio in some way, shape, or form. There it is. I've now gone through and explained everything you need to know about creating your book overview, and I'm excited and looking forward to seeing yours. So anyway, I want to thank you so much for listening um, this will probably take you as far as your writing time. I'm going to say in the ballpark of like two to four hours to write your book overview after you have completed this audio. So thank you very much. I look forward to our next coaching call together. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of today. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.